What's up, homies? I'm Erica. I'm Roshane J. And thank you so much for hanging out with us today as we talk about uh, a true masterpiece. <laughs> a classic of classics. A, a seriously classic shark movie. And we're not talking about Shark Boy and Lava Girl, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. It's not a horror movie, so we're not talking about that. We are talking about Deep Blue Sea. Oh, yeah. Can you, <laughs> can you believe this movie came out almost or actually 20 plus years ago? Isn't that wild? Oh, isn't it that, did, didn't yeah? It came out in 1999, and that blew my mind <laughs> when I saw it. I was like, "Oh man, it's been a while since a movie has made me feel any semblance of old." But Jesus, this movie has been out <laughs> a while. It's it doesn't you know it's a, like it doesn't look bad. It <laughs> yeah, it doesn't right? look like not to say that movies from the 90s look bad cuz a lot of them actually look pretty good. But considering how heavily they do have to rely on CGI in this movie, I'm not I'm not saying it looks great, but mm -hmm. it doesn't look bad. Like it doesn't look 1999 bad. Yeah, it's not it's not distracting bad. Like I watch, I'm watching it in 2020. I was like, I, I can watch this movie. It's I'm not watching all the terrible CGI and being like, this is just so bad that like I'm just distracted the whole time. I was like, no, well, I was cool it, with it. It's pretty, yeah, it's pretty. I feel like I've seen worse CGI from like movies from the early 2000s then bye bye man like? <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> from like a couple years ago then what shade. they did in this one <laughs> but yeah we're watching we are or we we did watch deep blue sea not to we both have watched this before we re-watched it oh plenty and, of times plenty yeah, of times this is like one of those movies that I feel like was always on at like 12, 15 a.m. on TNT. Right. And I would be like, I'd be like, oh, well, I guess I'll watch this because nothing else is on besides infomercials. So I that's like the mo many times that I watched it in my youth was for that exact reason. It was like the only movie that was on that late. Yeah, <laughs> and I was like, straight yeah. up. Like, I feel like I either was watching this or I was watching, like, Die Hard or something. Like, one of those two. Just, like, there was always an action movie going on, like, late yeah. in the evening when all the cartoons had stopped. I was like, I don't really know what to watch right now. And then yeah. you just jump in halfway through Deep Blue Sea and be like, ah, I feel at home. I feel comfy. It was, uh, yeah. It was either an action movie, George Lopez, or, <laughs> like, some kind of inappropriate show that was not meant for children and they would like wait until midnight as if kids were going to be asleep right. and they would be like ooh <laughs> now we get to like now we get to do adult tv shows I'm like <laughs> oh, well, I'm still watching but sure why not also but it's funny that you say that like die hard because the guy who directed this directed die hard too oh yeah Rennie Harlan yeah that's mm -hmm. hi homies um, Erica, the editor here to interrupt your regularly scheduled programming, but I would regret if I didn't come on here and also mention that Rennie Harlan directed A Nightmare on Elm Street 4, The Dream Master, so 
I had to come in here because I forgot to mention it on the episode and we have to give props to our nightmare homies and as always respect to Papa Freddy. So yeah, that's all I wanted to say. Okay, back to the episode. It, it was interesting is like he uh I, I don't I don't really mind his directing style that much. I, I say that very, like, tentatively of, like, I don't mind it. I think it's because this movie is such a guilty pleasure that I'm, like, I let him get away with a lot of shit. Like, I let him get away <laughs> yeah. with a lot of shit. But it's because, yeah. like, despite this movie's flaws, every time I sit down and watch it, I have a good time. And, like, it's, fun. it's, it's a, a fun, fun movie. movie. It is. It's just sometimes you're just in the mood for like a creature feature kind of movie like this where it's just fun. It's silly. You just want to watch a a shark chase people around for like an hour and a half and Mm -hmm. watch people get eaten. This is the perfect movie for that. Like, give it to me. I'm ready. (laughs) This is like the perfect summer summer movie where you're like i want to watch a shark movie i don't want to watch jaws yeah i'll watch deep blue sea it's it's a happy medium between watching like a cinematic experience like jaws or watching just a complete brain fart like sharknado it's like you're like i need something i need that in between (laughs) yeah if you're climbing the ladder you like start down at like sci-fi original movies and Mm -hmm. then halfway up the rung you find (laughs) and then if you keep going to the top you're like oh here's jaws but i'm like I'm so I'm sci-fi movie trash. I love sci-fi movies. <laughs> I could watch them all day and I know that they're bad, but I'm one of those people where when I get into like the mood, I could sit there and watch sci-fi movies for hours. So Deep Blue Sea is like right up my alley because it's a better version of those movies. Cause yeah. it, like you can tell that it's a you know, like a professional made movie they have actors they have actors in this that you're going yeah. to recognize one of the best samuel l jackson speeches <laughs> of, in this movie one of the most iconic samuel jackson things in cinema period is in this movie like this yeah. movie created one of the most legendary death scenes i've ever seen in my entire life <laughs> like yeah. It's it, so good. <laughs> it's it's so good. Um, it's awesome. But so. with that, yeah, let, 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 let's let's dive in. Pun mm-hmm. fully intended. Oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> uh, to Deep Blue Sea, the 1999 movie. So this movie is directed by Rennie Harlan, and it stars Thomas Jane, Saffron mm-hmm. Burroughs, Samuel L. Jackson, Jacqueline mm-hmm. McKenzie, Stella Skarsgård. Stellan, sorry, Stellan Skarsgård, and cannot forget the one, the only, LL Cool J. <laughs> so, all right. So, again, for all our listeners, if it's your first time here, um, there will be spoilers for the movie. We do kind of assume for a movie like this that you've already seen, but just so you know, and you can't yell at us and say that we didn't warn you, a spoiler alert. All right, Mm -hmm. so the plot of this movie, uh, most of this movie takes place in the underwater facility of Aquatica, which, what a name. What a name for a place. Um, I know. So it takes place in Aquatica (laughs) where a team of scientists are genetically modifying the brains of Mako sharks to try and find a cure for the degeneration of brain cells and Alzheimer's as a whole. 
Um, you know, this movie starts out like any standard shark movie with a bunch of teens getting drunk on the water, and then they get attacked by a shark who gets thankfully restrained and pulled in by the handsome, ever so debonair Carter Blake, the shark wrangler for Aquatica, who is capturing one of the escaped Mako sharks. And back at the facility, we meet Susan McAllister, who is the lead scientist and is dead set on finding this cure for Alzheimer's by extracting a protein complex from the Mako shark's brains. Um, the team has been using these like hormonal enhancers to make the shark's brains bigger. Um, I think somewhere in the movie they say that they made their brains even five times bigger than they normally are. Um, the result of this, though, is they created mm-hmm. three sharks that are super smart and... They have the ability to swim backwards, which, yep, that is a thing. Sharks normally can't do that, but they can in this movie. Um, but so the big the big thing is because of the recent escape, Aquatica's parent company, Chimera, um, calls in McAllister being like, yo, what's up? Why one of the sharks get out? What's going on? And she says, like, we're sorry, but, you know, we're, we're on the verge of this breakthrough. Just give, just give us two more days, two more, two more days, and we got this down. And the company agrees to it. However, they have one condition that their board president, Russell Frank, played by Samuel L. Jackson, be allowed to come to the facility and take a closer look at all the things that are happening there. So Russell goes to... Goes to the facility, and at that time, most of the staff is actually leaving because it's the weekend, so this is their time to rest. Leaving just kind of the skeleton maintenance crew to work through the weekend to make sure nothing burns down. Funny enough, and um, while you know, while Russell is getting a lay of the land, they're teaching him about how things go on. Um, Carter has a moment where he speaks with one of the marine biologists about the shark and it escaping. And it's in that moment that we find out that not only um, was the shark really hard to take down by shark wrangler standards, but that it possibly escaped its pen all by itself. Um with the new deadline that the facility has, they have to fast forward basically like three months of research into two days. And even though a lot of the staff is telling McAllister like, hey, this might not be a good idea, like we're really rushing things. Um, her family is dealing with Alzheimer's, so she has a big motivator to try and get this thing done. So she pushes forward despite of the glaring horror movie warning signs that she should stop. Um, a massive storm begins approaching the facility as the group prepares to try and extract a bit of the brain sample. Carter, on his way to the group via one of their titanium underwater like hallways, is hit with a coordinated attack between two of the sharks, who they ultimately get to retreat. However, afterwards, they go all Freddy Krueger and start uh, taking out cameras and uh, getting all spooky-like. Despite all this, Carter is able to actually capture one of the sharks. Um, he brings it to the lab. They manage to get a portion of its brain. Turns out that the protein complex works. Um, she puts it on some dead Alzheimer's cells, and it actually starts regenerating cells. So they're like all happy. Everybody's feeling good. The experiment was a success. And then Big Mama, Big Mama Shark Number Two, decides to take a big chunk out of Jim and wakes up and bites his arm off. And before Carter can kill the shark, McAllister, 
fearing for the loss of her research, chucks the shark back into the water and releases him back to start it or releases her back to start her murderous rampage. Um, the group attempts to try and get Jim some help by getting an escape or a rescue helicopter to come pick him up. However, there's a malfunction and this poor guy's <laughs> this poor guy, his bed falls into the water where he essentially becomes a fish line, gets pulled by one of the sharks and the shark then while both capturing him in the water somehow propels a helicopter into the communication tower, trapping all of our crew without communications deep below the sea. And then immediately afterwards, now that we have these super Dexter level smart sharks use the body as basically a human torpedo to break the glass of a lower portion of, of the facility, starting it to flood. The crew attempts to escape, hoping to use one of their escape submarines to bring people to the surface. But as they're traveling down, they realize how much the facility is flooding. And also, the sharks are attempting to come in, which one of the sharks actually rams a door so hard that it breaks open and allows the sharks to now enter the facility. And now it's full hunting mode. So while all this is happening, Sherman Dudley played by LL Cool J, has no idea any of this is going on. He's just been chilling down in the kitchen. Him and his pet parrot are uh, chilling, and they notice that there is, there's some flooding happening. And not really sure, they go to check it out. All of a sudden, they see a door break open. Water is rushed into that part of the facility, and LL Cool J is knocked slightly unconscious. Um, we get back to the group, and even though... They escaped the recent shark attack. They noticed that the submarine is now in shambles. Russell, furious, is demanding some answers. And it turns out that McAllister, along with Jim the Human Torpedo, were actually giving the sharks gene therapy to not only make them even more smarter, but to give them even better hunting capabilities by combining them with other forms of sharks. Um, Sherman wakes up. His parrot gets eaten, he fights a shark in a kitchen, hides in an oven, eventually blows up shit, said shark with um, some of the greatest uh, one-liners I've ever heard. And we go back to the group where Russell is giving one of the most heartfelt monologues you've ever heard in a horror movie when he immediately gets yeeted into the sea by the second-generation female shark. And now that, the, now that they've lost their gung-ho leader, they attempt to get back to the surface. They lose a lot more people. Shark just starts picking them off one by one. And eventually they, re, they reunite with uh, Sherman. Miss Callister still, despite everything that's happening, this girl is so interested in her research that she goes to try and excavate the last little bits of data that she has on her computer, only to... Dun, 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 get attacked by a shark who, at the cost of her data, she manages to electrocute and kill. Eventually, using a quick little tactic of diversion life vest, the group actually makes it to the surface. However, Sherman gets caught by our last and biggest um, Mako shark, where he is flung around for a while before the power of Christ <laughs> uh, manifested in the cross that he wears across his neck. He manages to stab the shark in the eye and break free. The shark then attempts to escape the facility. However, feeling slightly bad for all the things that she's done, 
McAllister decides to cut her hand, use herself as human bait, and try and draw the shark back. The plan's going okay until she tries to get out of the water, and then um, the facility breaks down even more so that now she's just trapped in the water and she gets guppied the fuck up. And then, (laughs) with this happening, um, Carter is attempting to... Oh, he was trying to save her before she got eight. And the shark takes her eyes onto Sherman or onto Carter. Carter manages to dodge and hold on to the shark where Sherman is then able to harpoon the shark with a stick of dynamite. However, that harpoon ends up hitting Carter through the leg, pinning him to the shark. And as the shark is attempting to escape through one of the gates of the facility, Carter manages to pull himself off where Sherman then immediately detonates the harpoon dynamite and explodes the massive Mako shark, leaving nothing but shark bits and the remnants of their friends lying throughout the deep blue sea. Roll credits. <laughs> My hat is like a shark fin. It's bluest. <laughs> Did you look that? I looked that song up. <laughs> the, the ending song of this movie is the most ridiculous thing I have ever heard. Like, yeah. it's so... LL <laughs> Cool J has this song, because of course, if he's going to be in the movie, he has to have a song in it. And so, yeah, as soon as, like, they beat the shark and the help starts to come, like the skeleton crew comes back to pick them up, this music starts to play, and it's like, my hat is like a shark's fin. <laughs> Deepest, bluest, and I looked at, I looked it up uh, afterwards. Just go look up the video on YouTube, you guys. Just type in "deepest, bluest." Oh, is there a music video attached to that song? Yeah, there's a music video. It features LL Cool J rapping in like the rain question mark and then uh there's clips from the movie so yeah go look it up i would watch i would watch a deep blue sea musical just to see oh deepest bluest my as God. the 11 o'clock number oh my and goodness that would be delightful the funny thing is this movie is dramatic enough that you actually could probably make a musical based on it like it has enough ridiculous plot points that you could definitely have at least six or seven killer numbers attached to this musical you could oh my god you could and you like the biggest problem would be the water like figuring out how to make it look like water but samuel jackson's monologue oh could be my a god song. it could be a song and then he dies at the end of the song and it all takes place on basically one location mm-hmm. and they could have a whole song with like the sh- yeah, I look all right. Petition for it to be a musical, please. All we're saying is, look, Broadway reps. We all know you're all at home right now. We're all stuck. All right, it's pause. You guys are probably thinking of some new ideas. Why not renovate a classic, classic mm-hmm. piece of cinema with an off-Broadway musical production? I'm just throwing it out it's there. Perfect. It's honestly perfect. Uh, you can email us at homiesofhorror <laughs> at gmail.com and we'll be sure to get back to you with our ideas. <laughs> like, now all I want in life is to see, like, the Les Mis version of Samuel L. Jackson's death. Like, oh my God. I want oh nothing more than him to just be belting just to get. <laughs> 
a giant shark nuts. head just engulfing him. Oh my god, that would be so funny. I would love that. I would see that every day. <laughs> just literally week. every day on repeat. I would start my days to that scene. Like my mm -hmm. alarm clock would be that song, and then I have to immediately watch the video afterwards. Oh my god! Uh, yeah, I'm Broadway. Just, just I wait, like... tell we're giving you gold here. All right, this is a gold Broadway, mine. Call us. <laughs> yeah, call us because we got some, we got some thoughts. But yeah, um, this we uh, there's some scenes that we need to like. We really need to dive. In. Now I'm just going to say that all the time. We need to dive <laughs> into a couple of these mm -hmm. scenes because they are just chef's kiss. I love them. They're, they're so um, good. They are so good. The, okay, so first of all, you got like LL Cool Chef running around mm -hmm. with his little like subplot, which is great, first of all. But... He like he did this movie the year after he did Halloween H two O, so oh, he's like a okay. yeah he's like a a veteran at this point of the horror genre right he's like mm -hmm. ready he's ready to play a character with some layers so not only is he a chef but he's a preacher and that's right. <laughs> Yeah, hey, he's hey. a preacher. <laughs> the power of Christ ends up saving him at the end of the movie, so it does. It does. That is very true. He, he like, it's so fun. The, I remember the very first time that I watched this movie. I, I was like, is he a preacher? Like, I wasn't sure if he really was a preacher or if they just called him that as a nickname. Mm -hmm. Because everybody in this movie calls him preacher. It's not his real name, yeah. but basically everybody either calls him preacher or preach. Mm -hmm. And but he's a chef on this boat. Like they have him there as the chef. But we keep getting these little everybody everybody in this movie has these weird little like backstories or like little side parts to their character right so lo cool j is a chef but he's also a preacher and then thomas jane is a shark wrangler but he was also in prison for two years mm -hmm. and then like samuel jackson is like this millionaire who like invested in this project but he also survived an avalanche yeah. where he killed some of his friends in the avalanche. Like, why does everybody have to have these little this side little extra. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I loved how much emphasis they put on uh, Samuel Jackson's avalanche story. Like, that was, that was like one of his big factors throughout the movie, even though it just mm -hmm. didn't mean shit. Like, it genuinely... Yeah didn't mean any like i get it right you're trying to establish this guy's a heroic individual like he's been in these kind of like harebrained scenarios before this isn't the first this isn't his first rodeo when it comes to like death and despair however i'm pretty sure surviving an avalanche gives you no authority to know anything about surviving underwater in a in a destroyed facility like those two things do yeah. not line up at all not only a destroyed facility but you're being hunted by like big brained sharks who are apparently just geniuses mm -hmm. with I the highest of iqs now and he yeah he like when he gives his big speech he's like <laughs> he says something like you think that water is fast 
what about ice or whatever he says because he's because he's like he's like the way that it moves as it falls like as it tumbles down onto you he like gives this whole speech about because you know obviously everybody's scared and he's like trying to rally the troops but the whole time in his speech he's basically like you guys think that you're scared you don't know what scared is you think water's fast you should see ice it moves like it has a mind like it knows it killed the world once it got a taste for murder i almost died in an avalanche yeah like i would what? in that moment i what? would be like um russell i'm gonna argue here that the killer sharks are maybe one tier above your little snowstorm i'm just gonna throw like, it at thing yeah and it's like okay yeah but like you survived that you and most of your friends survived that and apparently according to you the only reason that two of the people died was because you guys killed them question mark yeah and did so they like, eat them um, is that is that what happened did they is it one of those scenarios where like so, they ran out of food they had to eat them i don't know it's like because he like in that scene everybody is like getting into this big argument and they're like quote unquote turning on each other and russell's point of view mm-hmm. and so yeah he he mentions that the worst thing that can happen is that you can turn on each other and surprise uh, two of their friends didn't die from the snow. They died because they killed them. Mm -hmm. But he doesn't say if the way that he phrased it, it made it seem like they just like got in this huge fight and they just like, killed them but they probably did eat yeah no 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 they you made think he would me- they made some you avalanche think he would mention burgers if he was a cannabis nah, they made some avalanche <laughs> burgers out of them i no part of me believes that they were just like you know what we're stuck in this thing ah here's a pitchfork to your head or, or i guess pickaxe yeah uh, like no 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 like if you pitchfork <laughs> like, they, every every good mountaineer travels with their trusty pitchfork yeah. <laughs> of course one of the three like essential traveling like what items. you need backpack communication pitchfork you got those three pitchfork. things you can go hiking on any mountain i promise you you have the roshane j seal yeah. of approval he's like did you pack the pitchfork and they're like yeah and he's like we're ready to roll <laughs> just, like, drive up the mountain <laughs> oh my god but, but you know like i love how we're like going about the plot but we just keep circling around this monologue because honestly like we should just get out of the way it's like most people this is the part of the movie that, that, that they remember like if you don't yes, remember yes. anything else about this movie you might not even remember this movie's name you might not even remember the title of the movie but you remember this speech well they can get a whole lot worse so we're not going to fight anymore we're going to pull together and we're going to find a way to get out of here yeah, it's iconic and it's just so much more dramatic than I remember it being because more so than the speech, you remember that as he's as he's ending the speech, a shark jumps out and grabs him. Like that's the part you probably remember mm-hmm. so you like I didn't remember at all what he said in the speech. It was so much more dramatic than I remembered it being. Mm-hmm. And I I had to laugh. I just couldn't. I couldn't like, and I kept waiting because I was like, I was like, okay, I know, I know exactly like what kind of shot they do right before the shark comes out. So I was like waiting for that to happen. But the speech just kept going and going. And it's so funny because while he's doing the speech, they keep like cutting over to a close up of 
of Tom <laughs> Thomas Jane's face, mm-hmm. and he just looks so confused. Like his mouth is just hanging open, and he's just <laughs> staring at him. And he's like, "What the fuck are you talking?" Like he just has this face where he's like kind of inspired, but also like, like, "Dude, what the fuck? <laughs> what does this have to do with fucking anything right now?" Dude? Yeah, it's just so funny. And and Thomas Jane even says to. Like, he even tells Samuel L. Jackson's character, he's like, you might not want to stand so, so close. Because he is next to a pool of water. Yeah. They're being chased by sharks. And Samuel L. Jackson is, like, on the edge of this pool of water. And I'm like, that's exactly where you don't want to be. And he does that multiple times throughout the movie. Because when he first comes to the facility, the, the lady is like, and here is where we keep our, like, the, here's where we keep the big the testing sharks. Mm-hmm. So he knows that these are like the big, big aggressive sharks. And he stands right on the edge of the water yeah. and looks down into where they're at. And I'm like, oh, so you wanted to die. <laughs> That's why you came here. Because you wanted to die. Nah, he I was, get he it. was just asserting his dominance. <laughs> He's like, look, I fund yeah. this project. I basically, these are my pet yeah. sharks. Okay. Like, I'm basically your pimp. He's like, I paid for this. At this place, this is all this mine, is all bitches. My- I paid for you to stay. Yeah. That shark right there, mine. That tank right there, <laughs> mine. You see them computers? See them computers? You see that mouse next to the computer that's my mouse <laughs> yeah and he's like if you want to keep on living here rent free <laughs> then this, this test better work <laughs> and they're like okay <laughs> yeah it's so it's, so, it, it's, so it's ridiculous <laughs> i will say uh, that i think that's a trend throughout the whole movie though is like watching it again and like actually watching it for like the observational re- reasons of trying to catch stuff i forgot how dramatic this movie is and how like seriously it takes itself despite how silly it is because like Mm -hmm. the silliness comes from it like being so serious but it's just some of the things are are so ridiculous like for one i let all of the shark physics and like water physics that the little that i know i let all that out the window for this movie like if you watch Mm -hmm. this movie with any sort of like scientific inclination you're gonna be severely disappointed like you have to you gotta let some shit go like when yeah (laughs) when shark is using homeboy as a literal torpedo i'm like i know this is not how water works but for the sake of this scene fuck it yeah you could you could throw yeah you could throw a dude through water like that easy yeah sure yeah yeah yeah, this glass this glass was meant to handle the pressure at the lowest parts of the ocean and is easily taken down by the skull of a restrained man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm cool with it. It cracks. So it's like the thickest glass I've ever seen. Like a piece of it shatters onto the floor and it's like the thickest piece of glass you've ever seen. But yeah, sure. The, the shark propelling this man's body into it like cracks it completely and you know what's even better is all the people that stand there and watch the entire thing crack before they're like we should get moving <laughs> maybe guys. we should I was like run <laughs> it's run you're underneath the whole you're in the ocean and glass is cracking <laughs> please make a move guys please yeah I, and that oh go ahead no, i was just gonna say that like i feel like if this movie needed like a tagline i think a proper one would just be yeah sure like I think, it, I think that kind of describes ninety percent of this movie, and that's kind of the mindset you have to go into it with. You're like, yeah, sure, why not? Yeah, yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, sure, why not? Yeah, that should be the the tag. <laughs> that should be like the description when you look up Deep Blue Sea. It should just say, 
super intelligent sharks? Yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. All right. Outside, outside of the obvious best part of the movie, like what were some of your favorite bits from this? Okay. So first, first things first, the entire part with – what is Stellan Skarsgård's character name? Uh, Tom? I think it's it's uh, either Tom or Tim. I think it's Tim. I think it's right. Let me. I think it's Tom. Is it Tom? Uh, quick make. I think so. Quick check on that. Um, but continue, continue. Um. So the entire thing with him, I do remember that actually being really, really scary to me when I was younger because it is a pretty unfortunate thing yeah. like uh, jim by the all... way jim this is the mix of the two bro jim. what the heck how did we both because no tom is michael uh Rapport's character oh, and then that's right. in my head i saw tim but it's jim it's jim wow i didn't even write his character's name down i wrote everybody else's character name <laughs> except for his interesting <laughs> so yeah um he like, his death out of everybody's is pretty unfortunate. Mm-hmm. It's just, like, a series of unfortunate events. I've never seen anybody with such bad luck. Right. And I remember when I watched this when I was younger, like, that image of him being thrown into the glass always really scared me. Because, basically, he goes up to the shark and he's, like, <laughs> like talking to the shark. Shark bites his arm off, which is the first thing where you're, yeah. like, dang man that sucks so you're like oh man and so then the helicopter comes and tries to pull him up the line breaks and he falls underwater and you're like dang man that sucks (laughs) and so then the yeah the shark pulls him like just it's just pulling him around in the ocean and you're like oh my god this really sucks and then yep Finally, he gets thrown into the glass and he's just like, because he's strapped to like a, like a medical bed. Like it's the yeah. same thing they used to like rescue people and like avalanches like and a, stuff like too. Like a gurney. Yeah, gurney. That's that's what we're yeah, yeah. He's strapped to one of those. So, well, and I mean, he also only has one arm. So mm-hmm. <laughs> there's like not very much you could do. But anyway, his his arm that he still has is strapped to a gurney. He has like a an oxygen mask on, so he's still alive, like as all of this is happening. Yeah. But I just can't even imagine, like I can't even imagine being him and like being, cause, because he's strapped to a gurney, the shark can't like, it's just, it just, like the shark's mouth is just closed around the gurney, but he's just chilling yeah. like in the middle of the shark's mouth. Like I can't even imagine what he was thinking. He's the one character that. that doesn't even get like the sweet release of just immediate death. Like he, for, mm-hmm. for those of you who watch South Park, he's essentially the Kenny of this movie where he's just getting oh, yeah. ripped up left and right. And he just has to deal with it to only yeah. just end up probably just cracking his skull and then just yeah, suffocating I think, I, I think yeah i think he just kind of ends up drowning yeah because like when we, his oxygen mask ends up falling off or something but yeah so that sucks because he it was just like hit after hit after hit i was like this man really cannot catch a break <laughs> and like it's just yeah that part always 
besides the Samuel L. Jackson part, that part always like was stuck in my head. Mm -hmm. Every time I think of that movie or think of that, think of this movie, I always think of that part. Mm -hmm. Um, I also really like, (laughs) or I don't really like it, but I always just like the main doctor, uh, uh susan susan mccallister yeah she's another one of those characters where like i know well first of all her in this thing that they try and create with uh thomas jane's character Mm -hmm. like this little romance thing that they try and give to them where like bitch wear. I, I had to put my glasses on. I couldn't see the chemistry. I was like, I'm sorry. They like each other. I was so confused because it's like all of a sudden, like, yeah, Carter hits on her in the beginning. He like says something like, you ever going to let me take you out to dinner? And then she's like, yeah, probably not. And then all of a sudden they're fighting for the rest of the movie. They're so mad at each other. Mm-hmm. She is the villain. Like, yeah. <laughs> basically, she's the villain of this film because she – knew what she was doing and she didn't care even when people start dying she's like it's for science like she yeah. <laughs> she kind of like it's, it's cares. for the greater good yeah she's one of them where she's like but if we like if we do this thing it'll help everyone else yeah and everyone's like okay but like what about me yeah. like she's like one of those people and i mean they and- they try and justify it with the fact that her family like the, the what she's trying to cure is a big deal for her and her family like she has right. very personal attachments to finding this cure and getting it done before they get shut down however mm-hmm. she fully and wholeheartedly does it at the expense and lives of the entire fucking crew of everybody the entire crew and the bird. And the she bird. was like, kill him. Kill him all. That bird, that bird didn't all. need to care. die. That bird did not need to die. Also, that can we talk about the fact that die. like LL Cool J actually offs like two of the sharks? Like two out of three. Yeah. LL Cool J is is the main tagger for this entire he's movie. The MVP. Yeah. Like he he's, for sure is the MVP. He's the side character comic relief who also offs two of the biggest threats like you know what yeah hats off to you l cool j um for real hats hats of the deepest blue off to you my dude (laughs) deepest blue that is so bad it's so bad (laughs) yeah but that's true he's like yeah, he's like a shark slayer. And it's funny because, like, Carter is supposed to be the hero right? of this movie, but he doesn't kill any yeah, sharks. He doesn't, he doesn't get a single one. Like, his his kill mm-hmm. counter is steady at zero through the whole movie. Yeah, because I'll give it to Susan. She does kill one of the sharks. Um, but, yeah, that this is another part that always stuck in my brain because she's so freaking stupid is when she does this. So at the very end... Like, Carter is trying to harpoon the shark, Mm -hmm. and the shark is too far away. He's like, I can't get a clear shot. And she's like, I've got it. And, like, like slashes her hands so they're bleeding. With the most tetanusy piece of metal I've ever... Where, like, even if she survived that shit, she was dead in a week from... (laughs) She's losing them hands. She's for sure losing them hands. Even if she survived, like, because, girl, what... But the thing about it is, okay, cool. Like, that's kind of smart. Bring the shark closer to you. But did you need... She jumps into into the the water. water. And I am like... 
Yes, because there's a ladder. If you look beneath her feet, there's a ladder. And I'm like, why didn't you climb down the ladder? Wipe your hands through the water because really all you needed was the blood. Yeah. That's what the shark the shark's not coming because of you. That like the they even show a shot of the shark like sniffing the water and going towards her. So I'm like, all you needed to get was your blood in there. So why don't you climb down the ladder, put your hand through the water, get a little bit of blood in there, and then climb back up the ladder. No, she jumps, and not only does she jump, she doesn't even jump straight down. She jumps forward <laughs> so she's as far away from land as possible then she waits until the shark because she like wades in the water for a minute she waits until the shark is like breathing in her face mm-hmm. and then she's like ah, and starts to swim back to land like to the little structure she grabs the most rusty decrepit like falling apart looking bar and it falls off like of course it's not stable so she falls back into the water mm-hmm. and she gets eaten and at that point i was like bon appetit right. eat her please like i i'm so tired of this lady so i found this out which i thought was interesting and it makes a lot of sense that the original ending she was supposed to live like the original ending of the movie she survives that bit and then we get the final like romantic payoff between her and carter oh i, I know right <laughs> i know but apparently, a couple months before they released it, they did some test audience sh- uh, viewings, and every audience was like, nah, like, she needs to mm-hmm. die. Like, we can't, yeah. like, the, like, you can't just go christen yourself with blood and seawater and then just come back and, like, we're going to like you now after you off Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. Like, you got, if, if Samuel L. Jackson got to go, I'm sorry, Miss McAllister, your ass needs to get A2. Yeah. You for sure have to go because, like, you're so unlike this whole movie. You're so unlikable, which I get it. Like, she's not supposed to be likable. She, like I said, she is, yeah, the sharks are the antagonist, but like, she is the villain. And so it would have been weird if she survived. And more so, even more so than if she survived, it would have been extra weird if her and carter got together because she used him yeah like she used him and all of his friends died as a result so if they had had the audacity to let her live and to have them smooch in my face (laughs) i would have been like nope zero out of five stars because that is unrealistic i'm so happy that it was just him and preach like them surviving was great i'm happy that i'm so happy ll cool j survived right though his survival very questionable again one of those like oh for sure definitely one of those yeah sure moments (laughs) like Mm -hmm. all right you're the one person who managed to pull a shark off you well i'll let it go to see to see a shark explode like i will make that trade but yo ass got off easy (laughs) Yeah, he. There were at least three times in this movie where he should have died, and he like pulled a like he pulled it out. He got it together. Cause let's talk about the let's talk about the kitchen scene. All right, <laughs> kitchen scene. I love the kitchen scene. It's actually I like the kitchen. It, scene, it's one. Yeah. Of, it's one of my favorite sequences in the movie, just because mm-hmm. Preach is a very likable character. And so it's one of the, it's just the horror movie thing where like, all right, here's a character that you do want to live. And so watching them navigate the scenario is different from when you're watching like Susan navigate hers. But Susan, I'm like, if she gets eaten here, I'm like, eh, 
whatever. But uh, yeah. but that shark ate his bird, so I was definitely rooting for him. I was like, mm-hmm. can't just eat this man's bird and not have to deal with it. Yeah, because he tries to save the bird. Like this whole, not the whole movie, obviously, because the bird dies like halfway through. But for the beginning of the movie... He has this little bird that's like his little sidekick. It hangs out in the kitchen with him. Mm-hmm. He feeds it food, whatever. And the bird flies away, which is another thing. Preach is walking through. Like after the sharks do their whole like surprise, we're super strong thing. Like the whole facility shakes. It's like shaking and quaking and like flooding for the rest of the movie. Mm-hmm. And pr- Preach walks towards, like, there's all these banging noises, and he continues to walk towards it. And there's one point where, like, his bird flies in the opposite direction. And I was like, always trust the animals. <laughs> always. Follow your, like, follow your bird to safety. It knows what the fuck is going on. But he, like, keeps walking, and then water comes and sweeps him away. But, yeah, so he, like, loses his bird. And then when he sees his bird later, he tries to save it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then the bird gets eaten by the shark <laughs> <laughs> and it's so sad when it happens to, that's actually one of the saddest deaths to me in the entire movie is the bird like I'm gonna be real because yeah. the bird seemed like the most innocent of the innocents like that, yeah. that that was just an innocent being killed and I was like oh man not the bird I mean there was no way that bird was away. making it out of that facility yeah. but you still just didn't want to watch it happen yeah it doesn't it doesn't it call him an asshole like right before Yeah, he that's dies? why I love him. <laughs> that's why he's my yeah. favorite. Like he was a douche bird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like no, nothing's more appealing than just an asshole bird. Like asshole birds are the best. Like when they can talk to, like fuck, I'm, I'm with you, preach. Like I understood why you had him with you, and I was very sad to see him go. Yeah, it's and it like tries to fly away, and the sharks like, like yeah. where are you gonna go? <laughs> it was like, where are you gonna fly? <laughs> like everything is water. This is my home now. What are you? What are you doing? It's like I'll wait. So yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's like, you're going to have to come back down. But so the when Preach finally realizes that there's sharks afoot, he like goes into the kitchen and he grabs a frying pan that he's like going to hit the shark with, which I thought was really funny. Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, I guess, you know, grab whatever you can. But anyway, he gets into this tussle with the shark and he ends up in the oven. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember this. I didn't. I don't remember if I just never noticed this before, or if maybe it's just one of those things that I just never noticed that the that the oven gets turned on, yeah. like the shark turns the oven on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which, I never noticed that. Yeah, because like that that I think that's the big thing which causes the uh, the explosion ultimately. But mm-hmm. I wonder. I've never been sure about it, but I wonder if it was an accident or on purpose. All signs point to it being an accident logically for me, right? Like, logically, mm-hmm. for how smart this shark is, there's no way in hell that it has the mindset to be like, hmm, human in oven, 
Perhaps if I turn on the oven, then maybe yeah. I can cook my meal before I eat it. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I prefer my meals medium well. <laughs> like, I just like for how smart we're supposed to be making these sharks. Just no part of me believes that this shark knowingly was like, you know what? How I'm gonna fuck with this dude? Man, I'm gonna I'm eat him by turning on the oven. Like, yeah, I feel like it just bumped into it, but. Either way, I want to know, like, I want to hear it from the director's mouth if that was a choice. Because if it was a choice, fucking bold-ass move. <laughs> bold Dude, move. I would love, I would love to believe that the shark turned it on on purpose. <laughs> like, there's nothing more <laughs> that I would like than f- to know that that shark, like, purposely turned that oven on. It was just waiting. Trying to get him some some baked LL Cool J real quick. He's like... Some- some LL hot day. Mm-hmm. I, right? I felt it, guys. Like, there's no way this joke doesn't get made right now. The only way to make but, that scene even better is have the shark, like, get up out of the water, put a little, little bib on, and then grab, like, a fucking knife and fork. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I would love that. I would love that. It grabs, like, a like some Tabasco sauce off of one of the shelves. You see it swim over to one of the tables and like it pops up into one of LL Cool J's chef hats. So it's just for the chef. Yeah. <laughs> he starts like making a salad for the like that the appetizer oh. as he's waiting for the oven to finish preheating. <laughs> oh my god, that would have been so funny. Damn, just, that would have been a totally different right, movie. Right, where's the record cut of that? I want to see that movie. <laughs> Well, this is all stuff that could happen in the musical. This is true. Broadway, again. Can you imagine? We just gave you a free sequence. Like, the rest of this, we're really going to have to talk about rates. But, like, that one will give you for free, all right? Like, that one was a freebie. Because it could be like that scene from The Little Mermaid when they're like, Le Poisson. And the, sh- <laughs> the chef is, like, doing that thing with Sebastian. But it's the shark with LL Cool J's character. Mm-hmm. So just guys, just stew on that idea for a little <laughs> while. See how you feel about it tomorrow. Stew on the but, idea um, of making LL Cool J a stew. Just think, just think about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I don't know because the sharks. Yeah, it's probably an accident. But the sharks, like at the end of the movie, <laughs> this is another part where what did I write? Like the note I put. Because I was like, that's a fucking stretch. Because they they say at the end of the movie, because they have these fences mm-hmm. that like surround the, the entire place. And they say that the bottom of it is titanium because they discover throughout the movie that the sharks can break through steel. Mm-hmm. So the bottom is titanium. They can't get through the bottom. But as the water has been flooding the has been flooding aquatica it's been sinking and the top of the fence is only made of steel so now that it's sunk enough the shark is like trying to break out so it can be free yeah but they say they (laughs) they say (laughs) that the sharks have been hurting them the entire time and they've been making them go in the direction that they wanted them to go so that they would flood the facility enough that it would sink so much that the shark would be able to break through the fence yeah and i was like excuse (laughs) me they've been hurting us pushing us where they want using us to flood the facility Oh, my God. That's the answer to the riddle. Because that's what an 8,000-pound Mako thinks about. 
about freedom. Hey, they've been doing what? I mean, under they've... under that idea, I take back what I said, and he was definitely trying to souffle LL Cool yeah. J, 100%. If, yeah, if we're going with this, like, Einstein bullshit, where these sharks are so smart that they know exactly what hallway to send you down to flood the facility, then that shark for sure turned that oven on. I'm like, okay, sure. Like, if that's the case, then yeah, this shark is now the chef and he turned the oven on. But yeah, I was like, okay, I, 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 I guess, like, sure, if we're going with the idea that this shark is like big brained now so much that it knew to do that then this shark knew to turn the oven on but then ll cool j when he's in the oven he has an axe so he like breaks through the upper part of the oven crawls up and then like comes out the top part and escapes behind the shark so this shark you're telling me <laughs> that this shark kept didn't realize that he was leaving like the oven <laughs> he splashes into the water and the shark is still inside like still banging inside of the oven like this shark See, these sharks have the wherewithal to take out security cameras so that they can't watch their moves but they can't see a man literally crawl out of, out of an oven right in front of them yeah. See, these sharks are the definition of book smart, not street smart. Because <laughs> they like this. The some of the stuff that happens around them, they they're oblivious. But they can, yeah, they can take out cameras and do little like sneak attack things together. Like, uh, sh okay, <laughs> okay, sure. Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, sure. I guess. <laughs> Okay, I have a I have a question for you, and I think it's a question that also some of our listeners might have too, or something they might be okay. curious about is how do you feel now about just this is more of a broad topic, but how do you feel about um, creature movies and the in toting the line between thrillers and horror movies? Because there, there's there's speculation, I think, about both. For, like, Deep Blue Sea, I could see an argument for somebody saying that this movie is more of, like, a sci-fi thriller or something like that. Myself, mm -hmm. I definitely think it's a horror movie, um, 100%. Um, but I'm curious to see, like, how you feel about, like, the genre at whole. Because, like, Jaws, to me, is more of a thriller than it is a horror movie. But this movie feels more like a horror movie than it is, than it is a thriller. Right. I think it's hard because in my opinion, I I consider all kind of like creature slash monster movies, I always automatically put them in the horror category. Mm -hmm. Um I don't know I don't know why, but yeah, I guess I always put them in the horror genre just because like it's a monster and mm -hmm. it's and i guess that kind of just trickles down to whether it's anaconda and it's a giant snake or it's a shark or it's spiders like yeah i consider all of those like creature features so like i would hold i wouldn't hold them in the same regard whoa whoa let me chill <laughs> i'm trying to say i hold them in the same category like i would i would can consider the like these types of movies and like um, Creature from the Black Lagoon, like they all kind of fall under the same umbrella for me because it's yeah. like a non-human 
antagonist. Um, but yeah, I don't know what it is about them. They always, they always scream horror film to me. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't even think to look up if this was a horror or not because it just always has been in my mind. Yeah, and I definitely think that they can be considered science fiction because most of the time the monsters themselves are kind of derived from some sort of sciency background or something like that um but who's to say like a a sci-fi creature a sci-fi creature feature isn't also a horror movie at the same time like if you think of like alien or something like that like aliens fucking horror like regardless of the fact that it's an alien you know it's a very typical mm-hmm. sci-fi creature but it, it it still got all of the elements of a horror movie right uh, yeah and it's like or even um like the movie signs mm-hmm. like i think that a lot of people could say that that is more of a sci-fi but yeah it's got horror elements to it and so like i would consider that a horror film um and and even with jaws i could see there's like little that it's hard because that movie if you cut out the shark moments that movie could be like yeah it could be like a thriller or it could be like a drama Mm -hmm. almost like if you cut out all the shark moments but then you put the shark in and then and then i'm like yep it's a horror it's a horror creature feature see i think there are a lot of people that would um argue jaws isn't a horror movie i I think there are definitely both people on that on that side like my like myself i i'm i'm loose with the term a lot of the times we've we've talked about it before too um Mm -hmm. my you know the big difference for me between like jaws and deep blue sea handling like one the movie deep blue sea is very aware of jaws as a movie like they pay homage to jaws and like they respect jaws so they're trying to do their own thing one of the things that separates the two movies for me is it's a small detail about the antagonist but in jaws we have this terrifying this terrifying shark that is killing people and is going on this rampage um but in deep blue sea we have these basically sentient smart sharks and for me that adds to the horror element of it because it's less of a natural instinctive thing that these sharks are doing and they're acting more maliciously than the creature normally would if that makes sense right. where it's like now mm-hmm. it's, yeah, I get what you mean. It, it's escaped the bounds of just a shark doing shark things and that's like it's a shark per it's sharks purposefully hunting down and trying to kill all of the main characters. Right. Yeah. And I think that they even shoot the sharks in this movie, like in a very monstery way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like a lot of the shots that they do of them are so over the top. And like, it, there's even a shot at the end where it's like coming towards Carter's character and it there's like a shot of it opening its mouth and it has all these teeth yeah. and it's like such a monster shot <laughs> and you're like yep yeah, this is mon- <laughs> that's monster the flick the I did yeah. think a cool thing about this movie is they did and it's probably one of the reasons why the movie holds up too is they shot a lot with live sharks actually 
to um yeah to intersplice with there there's definitely mechanical sharks for the obvious scenes you know and like the obvious scenes where they need the mechanical sharks to do things but they spent a lot of time shooting actual sharks to use to intersplice with the mechanical to make them seem more realistic which is just another case of like people taking that extra mile for practical effects and us you know 20 years in the future kind of seeing the payoff for that yeah, still appreciate. Yeah, because it. the sharks in this movie, despite how dated it is, the sharks look good. Like I've always given this movie that. Like I, I do think for the most part, the sharks they're pretty believable. Mm-hmm. Like outside of sh- you know the horror movie shots like that, but like right, the sharks themselves don't look so bad, but it's the people. Like as soon as the shark gets a person yeah yeah like you can the, the cgi people that they do my god mm-hmm. that's the thing that looks bad like the sharks themselves aren't even that you know like uh, you're expecting them to be cgi so it's not like what like it's not as jarring as you think it would be but the people yeah. on the other hand when you can see that crash dummy with a wig on you're like all right this is yeah. uh, this needs yeah, a little bit of tweaking yeah, especially when uh, Michael Rapaport's character dies, and they do a shot of like, because the sharks will, the sharks like shake them so much, th- shake the body so much that they usually like break in half. Mm-hmm. And there's this shot of like his lower half, and one of his shoes has come off, and his foot is like twitching. Oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty rough. <laughs> and I was like, uh, I don't know. I think they could have like. They could have probably survived without that shot and <laughs> and been okay, but like other than the that, um, the the sharks themselves aren't aren't horrible. Yeah, no, it, it's it's it, 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 it's good for what it is, you know. And that's how how I've always felt about this movie is like I think every time I watch this movie, I watch it with the same level of expectation. And I think it just meets it every time. And, like, I'm okay with it. It's just one of those movies. Mm-hmm. Like, this is not my serious go-to-cinema-for-a-night watch of a movie. This is this is my, you know, I want to have some fun, sit down with a creature flick, and just enjoy. Yeah. It's, like, it's exactly what you want it to be. Like, this movie doesn't try and be more or less. It's exactly what you expect from a movie called Deep Blue Sea. <laughs> Starring LO Cool J. Samuel L. Jackson. Like it's per it's just it's exactly what you want. And it had been such a long time since I had seen this movie. Um so rewatching it was kind of it was fun because there's a lot of stuff that I had forgotten about. Like the first five minutes of this movie, I did not remember any of that. All the stuff with the people on their little party boat. Mm-hmm. I was like what? What is this? <laughs> and I, I, you know what? I, I think that's because I've seen it, like I said, so many of the times that I watched it was it coming on super late on TNT. And I think that I would always miss that first five to ten minutes and then I would, you know, turn the channel and it would already be on. Yeah. Because I did not remember that beginning bit with the boat at all. And, and it wasn't until... Samuel L. Jackson's character got to the facility that I remembered. I was like, okay, yeah, now I remember this stuff. But all yeah. the beginning bit, I was like, bro, is this what I think? Is this Deep Blue Sea? Or is this 
the sequel, which, by the way, guys, there's a Deep Blue Sea 2 and a Deep Blue Sea And 3, which if you're trying to go down that rabbit hole, you know, Godspeed and uh, uh, (laughs) I wish you a blessed journey, but I will not go down there (laughs) with you. (laughs) That is not a road that I wish to travel. Um, But you you at home, if that's where you're at, by all means, you have my blessing. I might watch them. Yeah. I might. I didn't even see. I didn't even know that there were sequels until, oh, I don't know, like three days ago. But (laughs) now that I do, I might watch them because just just to see. Just to see. Oh, see, now you got me curious. I'm just like, I don't want like I don't know if like watching the the, because they're going to be terrible. There's just no way that they're good. Right. Like, I don't know if watching the terrible sequels would at all affect my feelings of this movie. I don't think it would. But that's my fear. I don't think so. Because it's like I, I think of this movie in the same way that I think of like Anaconda and that. Every time I go back and watch that movie, it's exactly what I want it to be. I love it. But I've also seen almost all of the sequels to Anaconda. And I've enjoyed them for what they are. <laughs> mm-hmm. And still can go back and like really enjoy the original. I don't know. I don't know. So much of this movie, like so much of what I love about this movie are the characters. And like the silly dialogue that they say and like I think that if they didn't have the cast that they had I don't know if this movie would be as enjoyable so that is one thing that is one thing about watching the sequels that I'm like "Eh." but then at the same time Anaconda I love that cast Ice Cube J-Lo very true very true yeah that cast was stacked that cast was stacked. Both of these cast. Oh man, it's so crazy how those like late '90s, early 2000s, like movies that well, were like this were like always stacked. The casts were like a one. Well, that's how that. I mean, that's how you sold these kind of movies back then. As like True. you, you, you weren't gonna get away with this script. You were gonna get away with the script though when Samuel Jackson, Nello Cool J were like, "Yeah, we'll do it." Then it's like yeah. that that's when the movie gets greenlit. So that's yeah, that's very true. Cause that I'm sure that they used the two of them and were like, hey guys, come see this movie, look who's in it. And it's crazy to think because like Tom Thomas Jane is such a you know, like he's yeah. a huge actor now, but at the time, like he wouldn't have been a pool. Like nah. they wouldn't have been able to put his name on the top billing and be like, come see it because he's in it. So, like, I wonder what he was billed, like probably third. Yeah, probably underneath them, which is kind of nuts since he's like the main character. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, all, I mean, all in all, it's like even the upteenth time watching this movie. Great time. Just a, just a great time. A great, great yeah. sit down horror movie. Super fun. It's just, it's such a fun movie. Like, and there's so many good lines in this movie. It's just, <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's a good one. Like, I, I could see, I'll probably rewatch this movie again, like, fairly soon. <laughs> just because. Just because, because I mean, obviously, like I was taking notes when I watched it this last time and I was like, man, I would like to watch this again just to like enjoy it. (laughs) 
Agreed. Agreed. Definitely. It's one I of those sit this... backs and just relax. Oh, yeah. Sit back, have a beer, mm-hmm. and just like relax. I would give this film. Um, I would give this film four shark teeth out of five. Mm, amazing, amazing. I would. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna. I'm gonna take take a page out of your book. Um, but I will. I'm gonna have to split this in two because I'm a. Okay. Uh, I'm choosy as a movie. As a movie, this movie gets three out of five shark teeth for me. As a movie, however. Okay. In entertainment value, five out of five teeth any day of the week. Wow. But see, if you combine your scores, three mm-hmm. out of five. Hit that smooth, get... four out of five teeth. I, yeah. I, I just had to make that distinction because I was just right. like, I, 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 as a moviegoer, I have a lot of issues with the movie. I just don't care because I like the movie. Right. No, that's fair. I'll give you that. But yeah, so all in all. What if you are in the mood for just like a good old fashioned shark, like silly movie where sharks are just going around like snacking on people and you've got fun characters, you've got an interesting, like it's still an interesting set. There's a lot of interesting sequences that happen, mm-hmm. enough to be entertaining. Because I know that's one thing about creature features that I think people are kind of like eh, get kind of bored about is a lot of it does end up being like now I'm now the shark is chasing this person or like now the alligator is chasing this person and they're running from the alligator again. Like a lot of them delve into that, which can be boring. I think this movie has enough sequences that are entertaining enough where it doesn't just kind of fall into that. So like we said, kick your legs up, drink <laughs> a beer, watch Deep Lucy. Agreed. 100%. <laughs> but all right, homies, I think that that is going to be it for today's review. Um, we hope that you enjoyed it. Please let us know your thoughts on this classic masterpiece of a shark film mm-hmm. mm. chef's kiss <laughs> or sorry LL Cool J kiss <laughs> <laughs> um, please let us know what you would like to see in the Deep Blue Sea musical what kinds of songs would you put in there maybe write us a couple of songs and we'll give you a producer credit I don't know we'll see <laughs> We'll see how everything works out with the Broadway execs. We'll get back to you guys about it. (laughs) But um, as usual, you can find us on our social medias. We are at Homies of Horror on all of those. Um, So please reach out to us. uh, Send us messages and we will respond to you as quickly as possible. Let us know if there are any movies you guys would like for us to review. we are always taking recommendations. So please let us know. Yes, yes. Um, you can also email us. We are homies of horror at gmail. If you'd prefer to send us an email, feel free to do that. Other than that, we have new episodes coming at you every Monday. 
And also, guys, um, please leave us reviews. Uh, follow us on all of the different podcast apps. And leave comments if you'd if you'd like. We always appreciate them. Yep, all those hearts go to feeding our demonic energy, and we truly appreciate it. We truly appreciate it because, boy, are we hungry. <laughs> <laughs> but all right, guys, that's it for us. <laughs> <laughs> See you next time, homies. All right, bye.